episode 1515 of You're Already Accepted, a community rewatch. We are back, babies. This is this is week two of our comeback, YAA 2.0. Mm-hmm. We're, we're officially changing the name of the show to YAA 2.0. I guess. Do all the us. Yeah, exactly. We're... Ethan's got a mustache. It's 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 we're we're brand new. Brand new whip got no keys. But you can only hear me talk about it. So Ethan, Ethan, how would you describe your mustache? If your mustache brewed its own coffee, what blend would it use? Oh. Um I'm thinking I'm thinking like donut donut blend. Coffee shop donut. Okay. Okay. I know that's that's with uh with uh with a uh, with a farmer's cooperative mug. Not because it's a farmer itself, but because it is um scrupulous in the sense that it takes free coffee mugs. Because it knows that it doesn't need to spend thirteen bucks on a coffee mug. That's that's my take. What do you think? Is that is that too off the, off the base? I feel like Ethan's mustache is like okay. So you're walking in like a beautiful field, right? <laughs> and then you just look down on the ground. There's a caterpillar, <laughs> <laughs> and you just like it's one of those like like beautiful like uh, very dramatic shots where like your hands like run through the wheats. Oh yeah, right. And it's like that whole field. If you take it from thirty thousand feet. It's just Chris, it's just uh, Ethan's face, and it's just like beautiful, like you know. So, just, so we're shines. walking through Ethan's mustache, or we're walking through. So, so it's a completely empty field besides the wheat that we're walking through. Exactly, and the wheat is, is the part hairs. of uh, Ethan's mustache, and but like the whole thing is like his face. Okay, like real mustache is the friends we made all in the way. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, you know, it's it's a uh, being a laser, level five laser lotus. Yeah, it's like uh, whenever the. Whenever the ice cream on your or the hot fudge on your Sunday is still warm, or being the first one to break in a new boob job. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, folks, today we are looking at Ethan's mustache is not like breaking in a new boob job. Um, <laughs> season two, episodes three and four, um, the psychology of letting go, and basic rocket science. So, a little 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 snippet synopsis for the two episodes: psychology of letting go. A um, couple of different storylines. Um, Jeff is having a midlife crisis because he has too high of cholesterol. Um, Pierce's mom dies, and we kind of get a, a glimpse into the laser lotus Buddha religion cult thing. Um, and then Annie and Britta are fighting over how to properly um, get donations to like a crisis fund. Um, what are what are the other three doing? I guess Abed's in the background for the whole episode. Yep. Oh, yep, yep. Um, yep. Troy. Is just sort of like along with the Pierce and Jeff storyline, mm-hmm. and then Shirley is basically like, upset that <laughs> yeah that, that Annie and Britta are on the on are doing far, this by uh, themselves and didn't right and didn't invite her. So oh, we're working in pairs. Yeah, esteemed creatures. Um, and then basic <laughs> rocket science. Whenever we'll talk about that, that is Greendale's Apollo thirteen slash Armageddon slash Independence <laughs> Day. Like it's it's they're they're trying to get a flight simulator and be the first college in the city to do it rather than city college um they so the greendale seven are being punished for submitting the butt flag to greendale um they get locked inside the space simulator which is an old winnebago um kfc sponsored kfc sponsored of course the 11 11 herbs in space adventure um abe gets left behind and so he's the mission control and uh, we got to see how they get back. You know, how they, can can they rise above the, the noise, or are they going to crumble to the pressure? You know, so uh, we'll get, we'll get to that in a little bit. But Jonathan, talking about the psychology of letting go. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the episode? What are the things that you liked? What, are, what was the A plus? What would you give the gold star? Duncan's back, bro. I love Duncan. I love uh, Duncan, John Oliver. 
um honestly the more we like enjoy this series the more we just take in this series one more time unpack this series whenever we experience uh, the series exactly we i just fall more and more in love with duncan every time i get to see him um uh, <laughs> he has like the right kind of british accent that's like a little bit it's not too like high mighty it's not right not too, oh, it's, terrible. it's like right and like it's not like drunken pub type like uh it, like, like simon from fraser right but yeah. i mean he is which he's a drunk so we get right. to, you know, a drunken Duncan. <laughs> it's kind of like this is what i could picture an actual british person being like mm-hmm. like like the stereotype of an actual british person not the stereotype of a british person on tv does that make yeah, sense no not an yeah. american not an american stereotype of a british yes, person it's like correct. how a british person would stereotype a british a britain a brit in america yeah yeah <laughs> i get that i get that so yeah he was definitely the highlight of the episode for me um i thought that I just love John. It's Oliver. nice to get him because we didn't have him much of the first season. Like he was in the first yeah, like yeah. two episodes, and then he didn't come back till the very end. Because you really, you really think whenever you're watching Jeff and him interact, you think like, oh, Duncan's gonna be like his mentor, his, his inside man, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. then he's just kind of not yeah. there. Yeah, I get that. Now this is the why inside. I came to America. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, yeah, oil wrestling between two women. I get that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like how much of a lech he is, but it's just kind of his character, you know. But I don't think he's. I think we've talked about this before. We I have, think. and he does have a bit of a, like a, you know, he wants to, he drives Britta home and she's drunk. And so he's like, I can't sleep with her. And he's like, starts banging the steering wheel. Like he's a bad, he's an, he's a better guy than he should be. Yeah. And he hates that he's a good guy, you know, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, but yeah, that's why he came to America. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else that you guys liked about the episode? Was it just sort of a mid, mid episode? It's mid. It's mid. Um, There were, there were, yeah, I I didn't care much for the Britta and Annie storyline just because it just it wasn't it, it just was like um it's like cultural slash it, yeah like, like I it it's it's clever to play into Annie's like the schoolgirl innocence mm-hmm. and you know the whole like woke scream at you like trying to. Sp- trying to convince you that they're right and versus like selling the snake oil, you know, like people talk loud when they want to sound smart, right? Correct. Correct. Like you could sum up Britta's whole side by that. Yeah. Um, Which actually, okay. I I don't mean to cut you off there. I I just, I was like, boy, I I hate to be around whenever you do cut me off. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to let you finish, but. That's cat, bro. bro. Anyway. In the night. Um, it's no. my turn. You said it was yeah. my turn. What? <laughs> you lost the game. <laughs> Sorry. Now I've cut you off. <laughs> you told me it was my turn. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh uh, no. But I remember I was talking to uh, my now fiance about this, and she was explaining to me how like um, we were talking just about like voices and like oh man, I, she was like oh, I'd love to have like this person's voice, and it was like a girl with like kind of like a deeper smokier voice mm-hmm. like almost like a like almost like right here like uh, kind of like right here almost like a billy eilish a little bit a little mm-hmm. bit maybe a little more like raspy i guess mm-hmm. but it was interesting to think like joan rivers Wazowski. <laughs> or, like what was, the, was that her name joan rivers like the old celebrity yeah joan, yeah. Yeah. joan rivers yeah yeah, the, yeah older kid you're older gonna comedian. love my sugar bubble <laughs> she was an arthur that's how i know her but <laughs> but no it's interesting to think because in this show they're like as we just talked about, like Annie's like innocent Dodi. Um like <laughs> they're they're all feathery and pelican. 
I don't know anything. Exactly. I wore a back brace, okay? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's like the thing. Like, it's interesting to think like, okay, do do most, I feel like with most guys, like, is it more like the, I don't know, infantization, like of like a, like of like a woman. I don't know. Guys are weird, man. I know. It's versus like the more mature, like raspy voice that like my you know like fiance was kind of referencing mm-hmm. like, those like I, those I feel like there are i feel like we associate different emotions with different styles of voice because i've i've thought about that again I'm the, I'm the only one in the group who's not you know not shackled by by marital <laughs> by <the fair>. <laughs> but, no i mean but i i do feel like there are certain styles of voice that are attractive and not like i i'm really self-conscious about my voice mm. and i don't know if Ethan, if you've ever have been because we have pretty similar voices if the audience hasn't been able to tell that yet. Like, I feel like mine's really nasally. And so it's a pretty love or hate thing. And I get that. Like, I sometimes I try to talk like this because I, like <laughs> I feel like this is a little more, a uh, little more masculine, a little, a little bit cooler. Um, but uh, I think maybe the, the expectation that somebody with a raspier, like lower voice is more, like rebellious or punk or anything like that or even smarter like yeah well, yeah more sure like yeah kind of but then there's like a sort of like <laughs> the female version of my voice um <laughs> well hopefully not but like a very like airy um like uptight kind of voice like i can hear it in my head but i can't yeah. really describe it like if i heard it that's like i really don't like it takes a little bit to get used to it but mm-hmm. but i do get that and i think that's kind of the point of the episode is you know be it's one thing to be right about an issue it's another thing to convince other people that you're right about the issue mm-hmm. um which is kind of why i think it's funny that you know brett is like yelling like people the pelicans are dying in the ocean and the guy's like excuse me you don't have to yell at us nobody's on the other side of this issue i'm like <laughs> i wish that i wish that more people i wish i could like save that as a soundbite and just like play that in normal situations because i feel like people get really upset or like you think about like an NPR article that they post on Facebook and then like everybody's just commenting the same thing. And it's like, yeah, we're all on the same side about this. You guys don't have, you, there's no yeah. nuance to this. You've already said everything. Um, or like Brendan Fraser making a, a comeback. Like mm. if anybody is on the other side of the issue, I'm, I'm going to throw hands with them. Cause Brendan Fraser, <laughs> we'll go to war. We'll go to war. Like I, I go to war for the Renaissance. Yeah. Um, I also I, I just like uh, I like Jackie the Nurse, Pat Oswalt. I always like he's he's not a character actor mm-hmm. because he's in like I mean he's he's Remy the the Ratatouille guy, which is not what I named my cat after. People need to stop <laughs> asking me about that. But like he's in he's in um, he's in Parks and Rec. He's in um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, I think he's even in Frasier, isn't he? Isn't he like in one of the later episodes of uh, Frasier? Maybe. maybe not. He's in King of the Hill. He's the younger brother of. Uh, King of Queens. King of Queens. Yeah, you're right. Bobby, God dang it. Um, <laughs> Dad, Bob. <laughs> but I really, I really liked his comparison of aging bodies to the Indiana Jones franchise. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I can't be the first to tell you that this temple breaks down. And he's like, and I also love how it's that whole like cliche of like the person like zooms in and then the, 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 the noise gets muted. And so sometimes whenever that happens in a scene, I try to like listen to what they're saying yeah. and you just can't hear it at all. But this one, like you can hear, is like whether it's a, a beloved franchise or a person just breaks down into unnecessary, nonsensical schlock. And I just, I, I like that. Yeah, Indiana Jones, the franchise. It's like you have three good movies, and then this episode came out like probably two years after Crystal Skull. Yeah. And this conversation is even relevant now because I mentioned in our last episode that like 
they greenlit a fifth Indiana Jones movie. And it's like, Ooh. bro, like Harrison Ford's just going to keel over one day with the fedora <laughs> on and like, stop. You know, like I would, I'd rather you just make Indiana Jones a female like you're doing with the, all the other franchises. Mm-hmm. Bird. Um, <laughs> um, oh. oh, which I mean, honestly, like I, then Christian go off. Then Christian go off. Uh, so I know I just thought that, that was funny. That was a funny comparison. A um, couple of Duncan inclusions because, you know, Duncan is the highlight of the episode. Um, I really like whenever he's, you know, introducing himself and he's like, well, I'm taking over um, because apparently, you know, Dr. Bowers strangled Mr. Winger and like choked him um, and has been placed on administrative leave with pay. And yeah. I, I love how I love how he talks about how serious of a of a crime that is. And then how like, oh, well, nothing happened to her. Like the easiest possible punishment. And I'm like, I, I, I consume John Oliver media like the last week tonight. Like that sounds like a joke that he wrote for last week tonight. Like. I could see him talking about, you know, the education system. And it's like, people have been punished worse for strangulating former disgraced lawyers who go to community college. And then it would show a picture of the scene yeah, from community. Because <laughs> I really love it whenever he mentions community. Um, he, nice. was ta- he was talking about um, Subway a couple, mo- couple months ago and how, like, the whole franchising works and all that. He's like, I completely forgot that that was the, the plot line of an episode of community that I was in. And it shows the clip. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. John Oliver's a community. <laughs> it's the same as, you know, Rick and Unity watching it. And now I'm, man, I'll make the, them do it on the table. Now cancel it. I'm yeah. back again. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like more people have seen community than I realize. Mm-hmm. But whenever it's mentioned, like, hey, yeah, everybody go watch that. And also go listen to the You're Already Accepted Community podcast. Yeah. Um, that too. But, uh, and then one thing that, like, it's not a joke, but um, after Jeff is told by Jackie the nurse, you know, that he's, got high cholesterol and he's going through his whole like nihilism. There is no God. Um, you know, people made fun of me because I skipped donuts and I would dab yeah, my dab pizza, my pizza and I still might die first, even though you're eating figgy pudding. I really like that. Duncan's analysis is like, you know, Jeff claims to be uh, agnostic. Like they have no religion at all, but really he worships his own body. And now he's having a crisis because his God has high cholesterol. And so he's denying Pierce, his religion as a result. And of course, oh, that's good. yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, like, I, I feel like I, uh, in my whole like faith journey, I've kind of come to that like spot as well of like, I can't really deny somebody else their faith because they're just as, if not more confident in what they believe as I am with what I believe. And so at what point is, you know, spreading the gospel and evangelizing and, you know, bring people to Christ? Like, at what point is that? a genuine concern for them, like in wanting to see them saved and brought to heaven versus like, I want my religion to succeed and your religion to fail. Mm. Cause like, um, did you ever see the, the, um, commercials for the Holy land experience in Orlando, Florida, Mm. like Trinity broadcast network bought it in a couple like 2010 or whatever. We used to see it on JCTV all the time. It would be like, It'd be oh, like like uh, a, a Christian dash three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got so, you, bro. So we, the, so the, was, no cable live. <laughs> yeah, no cable. A cable live. Um, and like that that amusement park like got flack for being like a Jewish conversion center, pretty much. Whoa. And like as a Christian, excuse me, I would have never thought about that. Of like, man, a Jewish person probably doesn't want to be told, you know, like be forced into conversion, but like to a, a secondary audience like that's kind of what they see it as just like a conversion camp um 
so it's so it's hard to kind of see like how people see God or like what the divine principle is, and you know the whole thou shalt not commit adultery, I, I, well adultery, but also idolatry. That whatever you put on a pedestal in your life, like that's what you worship. And for Jeff, it's like the finiteness of his being. He thought that if he just played by the rules, if he like worshipped himself in that sense, that he'd be fine. But he's got the wake up call, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, he just uses that as an excuse to crap on Pierce's, you know, religion some more. But uh, I really liked Duncan's analysis of, of that. That was that was pretty cool to see. That is so, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ethan, what did you have for for leading the class? What did you think uh, was the best of the Greendale Seven? Well, I'm not really confident in this answer, so I could be swayed. I I put Britta and Annie. I I mean, I don't love the plot. I don't love this episode at all. So it's hard to pick a winner mm-hmm. or a leading the class. But I I just went with them because I mean, if there is a plot that actually made me kind of laugh it was their plot i mean it's not that funny but it's i think it's more entertaining than the jeff plot um i think that there is some good that comes out of their plot even if it's kind of like annoying it's i think we haven't really seen them interact and like like we just saw them fighting over jeff or not fighting over jeff but like upset because jeff kind of they were in like a love triangle with him and you know whatever and I feel like any time they've ever interacted, it's always been like either Britta's jealous of Annie or Annie's jealous of Britta, or it's just more just like making a, fun of each other. They're just like never in uh, in in On plots together. I yeah. feel like yeah. And if, if they're just kind of more of like the jokes of the group because they're females, and that's what this Dude, episode is about. Is like they're not just they're not just like they're what am I trying to say? They're not just like characteriz- characterizations of themselves. Like they can go beyond just being like the blonde, like Jeff's love interest, right? Yeah, and so like I think there's a lot of good growth there for them as characters, but also like in the relationship where like, yeah, they're different. Like Britta's obviously older; she's you know they just are on they have different personalities and are just different people, but that they've started to form a bit of a bond. Yeah, after this, I mean, I feel like there are just some people who just don't gel together. Yeah, like, sure. and I feel like I feel like Annie and Britta are kind of that, yeah. like. I think I think the whole point of Britta's anger at Annie is that I mean Shirley points it out that Britta is jealous of Annie for being better at what she doesn't care as much about, yeah, which is making people aware of the oil spill. And Annie's not really doing anything wrong. Like whenever I watched the episode, I didn't feel like Annie really was doing what Britta was accusing her of. But maybe it's just maybe it's because I'm a guy. I don't. I mean. And so I, I feel like that too. And we've had this conversation a lot that like sometimes I'm more willing to bring somebody else down than I am to like get up to their level. Yeah. And so I feel like that's kind of the cause of like Annie is just naturally like a go getter and she's just mm-hmm. naturally like peppy and like a people person in the sense that she can pe- bring people together. And Britta's angry because she wants to do that. And maybe she even sees it kind of quote unquote like it is that like, hey, you guys suck because you don't care about this and I'm right. But like that's not how you sell tickets. So that's not how you yeah. sell. <laughs> that's like, not the game. Yeah. That's not the game, right? Yeah. And so I can understand the kind of the cause of that that tension. Mm-hmm. But I so I can see I can see what that could be the leading the class. I think that they I like do grow that, some. Actually, yeah. Um, and like like to, speaking to that dynamic, it kind of speaks like the idea of like there's a difference between being right and getting it right. Yeah. And like, um, <laughs> this is like a bit of a tangent. It's not really super related, but like. I was like hearing my, uh, I had a professor, um, I'm pretty sure like, well, he was single, you know, four years ago or whatever, but 
he was speaking and t- like just talking about himself in class. Like it was like the first day. He's like, "Oh, I'm this. I'm from here. I went to here to college." And he like addressed it like he's not married or whatever. He's like, "I'd rather be right than happy." And I thought that was so strange that like that was the dichotomy of like I could be in a relationship and I could <laughs> like you know do this, but then I'd give up my you know my rights to be right. Mm-hmm. And well, like, even even now that you bring that up, I feel like that does parallel jeff's whole like arc in this episode because i've mm. i've heard that exact same thing with you know an atheist perspective like i would rather have the truth and be miserable whereas these christians over here you know these disembodied christians like they go to church and they lie to themselves and they're just happy and like i hate that yeah and it's almost like yeah like why is why does it have to be one or the other mm-hmm. that either you're right but you can't really connect with somebody else or you maybe sort of like water down the truth or you um as in Annie's case she you know prostitutes herself i don't know yeah um to connect with somebody mm-hmm. so yeah but at the same time she's not she's just being no. she's, she's Annie like she's yeah, just doing her exactly which man i really ooh i really hated that joke that Britta made the the one of like you do it while you pretend that they don't have a sock at home with your name on it oh. and the, especially the fact <laughs> especially the fact that Annie didn't get it She's like, well, if they want to make a puppet of me, that that's that's up to them. And I'm like, oh, baby, like you, that's yeah. not, no, not at oh, all, honey. Uh. Uh, and, and and I think it goes back to again, like the nice guy syndrome of like, I feel like I need to protect Annie. Like, it, it it's just it, it's uncomfortable, and I don't like it. And like, it wasn't like it was it was clever, like Britta making the joke, yeah. but it was just like it made me so uncomfortable that I couldn't I couldn't get on board with it. I hear that, yeah. <laughs> Um, so who who did you have for leading the class, Jonathan? I, don't I had I... Duncan. I'm in love with Duncan. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's straight up. The Duncan Prince. <laughs> Marry me, John Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if if you say that, he might he might play that as part of his ske- uh, sketch for a show. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna put I'm gonna say something different from what I put down. I'm gonna say Pierce's mom led the episode. Wow. Because you only you only get you only get like the like the minute long, you know, quote from her, uh, you know, little, little soliloquy or whatever. Um, but I really like when she's like, you know, you can't, you can't keep me from that. Like, I can't, I can't change your mind and force you to accept that life is short, but you can't keep me from leaving. Basically, like, I've denounced that I'm in actually in this, you know, jar and you shouldn't keep me in that jar either. And I do, I do feel it gets really sad that Pierce is like, man, it really shows you that she went really downhill in those final days rather than having that like realization, which um, I think we talked about it mm-hmm. with the other, you know, the cookie wizard episode that like indoctrination and in Colts is actually really sad, but I really do feel like they do a good job of exploring that in this episode of, you know, like Pierce's cult and his indoctrination <laughs> and like how um, I, I said that Troy led the class initially because I felt like even though he knew that it was a load of BS, he wasn't like rude to Pierce the same way that Jeff was I was at least trying to like understand where Pierce was coming from, but mm-hmm. I still think that like Pierce's mom, yeah, it's got it going on. Oh, um, <laughs> this is got on. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any extra credit, guys? I I didn't have any for this episode. Any, I mean, like it, trivia or you have. We have to mention the maybe maybe one of the biggest Easter eggs in Community mm. War. Abed helping deliver the baby in the background <laughs> of the whole episode. I mean, Abed literally is like not involved in this episode in terms of the main plots, but he has his own little side adventure going on. 
Yeah. And then they even make a joke about it at the end. Like, oh, but I feel like I haven't seen you at all this week. <laughs> um, which, nothing, nothing special. And I don't know if we mentioned this back during the uh, sex fair, sex ed fair episode, but I do also know that um, there's apparently another in joke that sets this joke up of, the, of Abed helping the girl deliver the baby, which during that sex ed episode, at the very end when, when Abed's like, don't use condoms. If you're going to have sex tonight, don't use the condoms because they have you know holes in them. Right. And in the background, you see like, somebody throwing away. There's like a couple and they just like are like making out and then they like throw the, the condoms away. It's, it's the same to- couple that has the baby. Whoa. It's, like, it's like a long, Dang. you know, joke. It's, yeah, up, but it's well worth it. Um, <laughs> Are which, they the same couple that in that the Law and Order be, episode? What? Are they the same couple in the Law and Order episode? Who, uh, <laughs> give them the, the sloppy toppy. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? What? I thought we were watching. The, uh, there's, huh? I mean, we'll, we'll get to it whenever we talk about the episode, but in the Law and Order episode, there's like they're walking through the campus in like their long overcoats because it's winter. If you look in the background, like a lady walks out the door and like wipes her mouth and then a guy walks out like a second later like zips oh. oh you've never seen that no. oh. oh i didn't notice that yeah i don't even i don't feel cuz I, I i looked at it and apparently like on set those extras like planned it but didn't tell anybody and so they did it and the and, uh, the producer was like well it's harmless enough we'll just keep it in <laughs> maybe not harmless but like not noticeable enough yeah. to, like to cause controversy they just left it in wow. so yeah mm. i don't um, know could be this <laughs> yeah <laughs> Jonathan, do you have any any final thoughts? Any any extra credit at all? Let's see, I don't think I have any extra credit. Um, the only like big nitpick um, I didn't like about this one, I feel like they emphasize Shirley feeling left out a little too much. Like they made that joke a couple too many times for me. Yeah, um, yeah. And also, like it's a joke that had it's not funny enough to not have a resolution. So it's yeah, that's so I'll probably give this episode just a straight up seven out of ten. Closer nope. to a closer to a seven than eight. <laughs> no edges. Have nope. you ever gone below seven for a rating on an episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went, he went like two out of ten for the schmitty. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well that's fair. That's not. <laughs> that's that's not that doesn't even deserve to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll go seven here. Okay, I'm going five out of ten. I, I don't know where to start. I, and this episode sucks. Like, I mean, it, it's just not funny to me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think the plots are that interesting. We mentioned, or I think I mentioned this. You know, I, I don't think the Jeff plot i mm. it's, not, it's not interesting to me i don't know it's yeah it's wholesome i guess but i feel like the whole like i'm a healthy person but then i suddenly get a little bit of bad news that makes me think i suddenly i'm scared of dying now like i think like that trope's been overdone a lot in tv like yeah. I, there's a I, I, yeah yeah i know about it um i think there's a an office episode about it um where michael's like afraid of dying i can't remember which one it is was the one where he has herpes um <laughs> it could be or just even like the one with the bird dying you know, the mm-hmm. bird hits the window and they have the funeral for a bird. Hmm. Um, pretty sure that's real. You're not real, man. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's just, it's overdone. So it's just like, hmm. I, I guess I, I'm not at that point in my life where I would be worried about that. Maybe that is a real thing, but <laughs> it just, it feels so like, okay, cool. Jeff, you're in the best ship. You're like your life. You're, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not really interesting to me. Um, didn't have a lot of like humor in this episode in general. Like not a lot of jokes that I thought were very, mm-hmm. um, like memorable, just or, like yeah, memorable. Like maybe the like Abed joke, like that's brilliant. Yeah, but it's not, but it's it's literally just in the background. And like once you find out about that, you're like, okay, cool, I see that. It's it's funny, but like once you know about it, it like it, I knew it, about it, it, it loses the novelty. Yeah, really. Fast. So I mean, so if you haven't seen the episode yet, sorry for spoiling it, but yeah, keep an eye on the background. Yeah, it's the most interesting part of the episode. Oh yeah, um, but it's I, sad that the at background is the most interesting right. part of the episode. I also just like, do we need another religion episode? Because we've already had like two up to this point. We had the Christmas episode which they make a comment about. 
And then, uh, I mean, like the the Pierce with his Colt when he has mm-hmm. the cookie crisp wizard outfit on, um, kind of a religion episode. It's just like, see, see, how many more do we need? See, I do appreciate, though, that they're not just checking out the boxes for like, okay, well, what conflict can we have in this episode? We've had the mm-hmm. conflict of, because like in the office, it's like we have our sensitivity training. We have, so we're Oscar's gay and we have the Scott's talk. I, you know, like, I can't honestly that I brought that up. I don't have a lot of examples, so maybe I shouldn't have any credibility for this argument, but I do appreciate that. Like, it's not like a one and done thing that like, they just talk about it and then they resolve it and they never talk about it again. So, but I, I do get that, that like this trope is not unique to community. So it's not like going to keep you gripped to reality. Like the KFC chicken episode that we'll talk about, like that's unique enough to like think about, but dealing with mortality is not, really sitcom material and the, yeah and so and so i'm gonna i'm gonna diverge divulge a, diverge a little bit from that um if i may though both just to cut in i'm, you I'm didn't gonna let you have to cut me up. <laughs> anyway go ahead you're fine you're fine Somebody! okay um no but also i've noticed with dan Harmon, like properties and like things he's written he like touches on like whether it's judeo-christian religion or just like religion <laughs> Like, I feel like maybe, again, we're all all three of us are Christians. Right. So it's like something we're like a little more aware of. But like in two episodes, it's going to be the Jesus episode yeah. uh, with Abed. Um, I, I was just watching a clip from season five, episode one of, of uh, Rick and Morty, where like um, Morty's like, is it like a Narnia we, thing? We made this reference we're, already in the show. But yeah, yeah but it's I'm like, not a talking beaver that believes in Jesus Christ, Morty. Yeah. Or uh, being interested in dragons is like somebody who doesn't want to admit that they're Christian. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. But like. Narnia came out what oh seven the books came out what? like in the sixties or yeah like 50s, so so it's 40s? like not like Narnia's not, not have like has like that has that property has no relevance weight, but like Narnia like really like yeah. it's just so I, that's just something when I've noticed with Dan Harmon prop like I properties think, that like yeah well like even like the the very last clip of Community is the like it's literally just Dan Harmon talking to the audience as a narrator right of like yeah. you know you got to let people in and it, like, it's just the whole like existentialism. And maybe that's why I don't want to roast this episode too hard. Um, I mean, I do cause Jeff sucks in this episode, but <laughs> like, I don't know. I also want to sound like the really profound person on the podcast. So like, even though the theme of like more mortality and like the human condition and like what the point of it all is like, that's overdone. And like a lot of shows tackle it, but I think that's because like, it's a pretty universal thing to worry about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I worry about it and I'm 22, right? Like, I think, I think maybe, like, I know that Dan Harmon has a lot of like mental health issues as well. So maybe that's kind of part of it of like, if you struggle with that versus if you don't versus, you know, like whatever the, those examples are. Um, because the interaction between Shirley and Jeff, where, you know, Jeff just talks about like, we always think that we're the exception. Like we think that we're right. Mm-hmm. And we think that we're the ones who are going to make it out. Like, uh, you know, I've, I've thought about this a lot in the last couple of years of like, genetically, I didn't win the lottery. Like my maternal grandfather had a heart attack and he had prostate cancer and my great grandpa had dementia and like dental, like dental, well, dentally wise, like a lot of my grandparents have had like tooth issues and my dad had tooth issues, um, like heart, heart disease. Like, so I'm not, I can't just expect to live to a hundred. Like a lot, I think a lot of us are like, oh yeah, I'll be old and then I'll die. Like. Um, and then, and then that kind of brings up like, okay, well, what happens next? Because like all three of us are Christians. And so, you know, the Bible says that if you believe in Jesus and believe that he's the son of God, then you go to heaven. If not, you go to hell. But you know, for Jeff, he's like, okay, well, this is it. You know, like for Jeff, Christianity is not true. 
and believing in it doesn't make it any more true, which is how he sees Shirley. But to Shirley, it's the opposite. Like Christianity is true and not believing in it doesn't make you any less wrong, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it any less true. And so I, I appreciate that conversation in the episode, even if Jeff is just a horrible human being in this episode. Like I really, I, I told this to Jonathan, um, whenever uh, Jeff is about to take Pierce to see his dead mom, uh, he talks to Britta and Annie. He's like, you guys are real downers. I can't believe I made out with both of you. And whenever I heard that line, I literally was like, you know what? Off Jeff. Like, just fuck <laughs> off. Like I, I said that out loud, like to nobody in particular. Cause it just was like, so <sighs> like ironic, first of all, but just, I don't know. He just, a reason that's why I didn't have him as leading the class the last couple of episodes. Um, but it's also, this is the second episode. Um, this season, excuse me, where somebody gives Jeff specifically Jeff like life advice, and then he uses that in his own twisted logic. Because in this episode one, Annie was like, "Well, what if you settle down?" And like, and yeah. he's like, "Well, yeah, I can beat Britta at her own game." And then then this one, Duncan was like, "Well, yeah, you use your religion and your lack of it to beat down, <laughs> not beat off, beat down um, <laughs> Pierce's religion." He was like, "I could really roll up both sleeves and hammer him." <laughs> really. <laughs> Yeah, I can really do that. And I'm like, <laughs> it, right. <laughs> it reminds me of the the school food story that you told me about Western. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, and it, I don't know. Like, it's 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 a frustrating. Like, obviously, it's Jeff. Like, Jeff has flaws as the the leading man of the show. But uh, the fact that they've done it so much so recently in the show kind of bothers me. So, um, if we're returning to um, to give a rating for this episode. Um, the cinematic masterpiece Ratatouille from 2007. Um, I really didn't like the Linguini storyline at all, and especially Linguini being Gusto's son. I mm. thought that once they revealed that, it just kind of lost lost it for me. Yeah, I didn't need to. So I feel like I'm going to give this a Linguini being the son of Gusto out of the Ratatouille for this for me. Okay. So you know, it's not it's not the worst. It's still part of a good movie. You know, it's still part of a good show, but it's not it's not doing it for me. So yeah, that's that's my rating for this episode. But uh, the next one, I'm actually I'm a little bit more excited to talk about the basic rocket Ooh. science episode. Um, I I had some some A plus moments. I thought that there were just a lot of really clever small details that went in this episode. Um, I really liked um, Leonard's like the cutaway gag because the community doesn't really have a lot of cutaway gags. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they did one of uh, Abed wants to be like, hey, after we're done cleaning, can we be in the in the simulator? And the dean's like, no, that is for actual students who are preparing in our space simulator simulator. And it cuts away to Leonard in like a cardboard box. And he's like, wow, <laughs> great job on this. It's hard to believe I'm not really, not really in space. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's, that's not real. That's more like an, a family guy gag, but like, I really liked it. Um, I really liked whenever Abed runs away and then comes back, like sort of the whole setup for him splitting from the group. And after the bus has been towed, he like goes up the parking lot. And he like looks around and then he just like glances up. Yeah, that's and so it's cute. like it's adorable. It's adorable, yeah. right? And Teddy Pewdie, like he's just uh, he's a little teddy bear, you know. Like yeah. I just want to go over and he's, he's yeah. But um, and then I really like you know how the whole episode is sort of like a parody. So most of the jokes are played straight of like we gotta get him home. I really like how Abed's like I know how to flyer. You know I I know I know all of it should have been me. And the dean's like well then we need you to bring them home. And he's like, I'll make you some coffee. And like, you think like, oh, the dean's actually cool about this. And then he's like, psycho. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, the dean has no right to talk at all. But um, I just thought it was kind of funny that you think 
I don't know, successful subversion of expectations in a small joke, in a small detail. Um, I love the use of KFC. Like, I like, I really like the video game episode of Community, and I like in TV shows or movies where they have like games or they have gimmicks or they have experiences because it just like is world building. So the mm-hmm. fact that in this universe, like, there's a KFC game, yeah, you know, it's like they use KFC materials and and stuff like that. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant, yeah. and even it being a an Atari cartridge, as Jeff points out. So <laughs> I really like that. It was a good episode. Um, I'll, sh- I'll share more. Ethan, what this episode has a lot of good lines. I mean. Yeah, just a lot of things made me laugh. Like one of my favorite ones is Troy when he's they're in the kit the KFC simulator and um they ask, you know, he's they're talking to him on the radio and I think the dean asks him where they're at. And Troy goes, "We're 40 light years outside the buttermilk nebula." Although it's possible, yeah, it's a sticker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Troy Troy nails the episode. Oh, yeah. They all really do. Maybe if I do go like this, all of our problems will be solved. <laughs> like wh- how, how many times have you like not not that, but like you know, stuck the gas pump in twice instead of once to make sure that it's not actually broken, or yeah, you know, like just done really small <laughs> stuff. Like, well, maybe it'll fix it, but yeah. Oh, you just got to plug it in, plug it out. It'll work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, that uh, the the Abed and Dean too. Like they have, they honestly just those two together in a room is awesome. Uh, with the map and they unveil it. And there's a lot <laughs> of good lines to that, but my favorite is you circle truck stops and public restrooms. Why do they have ratings? And then later, Abed goes, "Well, this one has three thumbs up." And then <laughs> those he goes, thumbs. "Those aren't thumbs." <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, oh, it's fu- it's funny. good for the dean for for yeah. I just I love how they can make the, the obvious joke without actually saying it. Oh yeah, yeah. And like well, they've never actually said up to this point that the, gay the dean. dean is gay. <laughs> dean. I don't think like gay dean. I, think, I mean, they've hinted at like yeah, this guy's a little weird. Like you kind of get indication, but like now it's just like yeah, we're just gonna run with it. Like he's obviously gay. We're not. We don't need to say it, but you know he is. So. Yeah. <laughs> also. Would you guys ship the dean and the city college dean? I mean, it's the only person he's in love with. You know, are they in love? No, I, 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 in my head, like they have like this, like sexual like, tension. Yeah, well, it's hate, like this th- love hate sexual. Yeah, tension. almost, almost I, like a, almost like a knuckles and um, <laughs> what's the what's the bat? Oh, uh, oh, knuckles and uh, I can't remember her name. It's like Violet or something like. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, Eve, uh, isn't it? Look it up. Yeah, I, I don't know if the dean necessarily is like in love with the with the city college dean i feel like he's more just like he is for lack of a better term turned on by like (laughs) dominant like men men because like the episode where uh, there's uh jeff comes in like wearing like sunglasses and a rue rogue rouge rogue rouge rogue rouge yeah rouge the bat it's rouge you're right i'm just like my toesies my toesies (laughs) that's why you wear closed-toed shoes on on the job yeah Yeah. so so it's not a knuckles and rouge situation you think it's just i mean it could be i just think even his shadow yeah yeah exactly he's just attracted to like powerful men that Mm. you know yeah i forgot everything you said before wrecked him yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then jeff has a good like funny line but it also was like you know what kind of a cool like wholesome line and he's like our school may be toilet but it's our toilet nobody craps in it but us yeah yeah stand up for greendale <laughs> even if it is a piece of crap yeah <laughs> so uh again i feel like i've mentioned the fact that i'm a recruiter a whole bunch which is beside the point but i remember like whenever i was in high school and i was trying to find like the college that i was supposed to go to i like judged colleges based on like how cool their materials were like obviously the bigger schools can like send you 
glossy stickers or they can have like the velour, you know, like style metallic stuff. And then like the really low, lower class colleges, like they just send you like a white sheet of paper on times zero in font. But whenever I visited our, our, our old roommate, Caleb yesterday, we went to um, like the, co- the college in their town in Marshall. And I was just like, man, like this is actually different. Like the buildings just look different. Like the campus atmosphere is different. And I'm glad, like, I'm really fortunate that I came to a good school. Like, and it's not just like alumni syndrome where it's like, yeah, go catch. We're the best school ever. But like, mm-hmm. there is a difference in like quality of school and like choosing the right school versus just choosing like a school at convenience. And so I think that's kind of the whole point of Greendale is like, it's just like a cesspool. But it is still cool that Jeff has like endearment to it, you know? Like he has an alumni syndrome that, you know, it's it's a crappy school, but it's my crappy school. So yeah. Yeah. Um for a plus stuff. I just love the parody of space travel movies. Yeah. <laughs> I l- I've I've always loved like wanting to be in like those like science war rooms that like uh like Houston that Ovid uh, like that Ovid runs like for yeah. this and like that I love the line where Cheng's like I figured out a way <laughs> <laughs> to reroute the power to the exterior yeah. battery to what? what he just backs away because <laughs> <laughs> like there's always those I lines. bypass the main compressor yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's not how the force works those are my favorite Chang. That's how I think Chang works the best for me is when he's not like crazy, crazy Chang. He's just kind of like a side character. And like, yeah, he's like, not a total buffoon, but he's he's trying hard. But yeah. he's yeah. <laughs> he's no, I love I love that. I love that line because it's just like I appreciate you trying to be helpful, buddy. But yeah. you, you're compared to apples to oranges here. Or what's the what's the Rick and Morty line? You're trying to spend uh, Monopoly bucks at a Wendy's. Palace yeah, Palace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, geez. But for leading the class, I had Dean. Hold Pal- on, before oh, I'm gonna cut you off real quick. Go I'm, I'm gonna cut you off now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> snippet. I, anymore, you're not. No. <laughs> I, I honestly, growing up, I never really vibed with space movies, like space mm. travel movies, like, um, like The Martian came out whenever I was like 15, and it wasn't a bad movie. It was, it was, it was shot well. It was good acting, but like that was never like my jam. Like I had a friend who loved rockets and he loved like space, and I think part of it was growing up. It was the whole idea of like science and like science is just sort of like anything that's not religion and like <laughs> all of these movies are just science you know and maybe that said more about my faith growing up and it said about the movies but i never really like wanted to sit down and watch them when people were like, outside of earth and i think it's the same reason that i don't like the ocean of like you're screwed like if your car breaks down here in maryville jonathan can call me or call ethan and like we're gonna be right there to help him yeah but, like literally the whole point of the martian is that he's like planets away and he can't get help and so like it always kind of just like subconsciously made me uncomfortable that like in outer space, no one can hear you scream. But <laughs> it's 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 completely different from what you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not Earth, it's not Maryville, it's not Kansas City. Um, <laughs> there's no God in space. But no, but <laughs> um, so so maybe like that's why I wasn't like as excited for the parody. But I appreciated that they did parody parody it so well. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Sorry. So anyway, for your leading oh, class, um, I would say Dean Pelton. I just love the kind of different versions of him we got. Um, we got like the one at the start that's like the the mission, like, like the, the kind of competent Dean. Yeah. Like, exactly. Actually has yeah. Exactly. Because like there are moments within the show that's like, oh, Dean like is actually he's not. He's not smart. He's not potentially like particularly confident. <laughs> Greendale will just be another college on my resume that nobody can call because it doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> but like 
there it's it's this weird thing because i was i was listening to this podcast recently of this guy talking about like what does it mean to be qualified for a job and what it mean what does it mean to work a job that you're not qualified for and it's like if you're working a job that you're not qualified for you have to actually discredit the job to the point that you think you're qualified for it like it's only you know it's only being a doctor or just you know you know <laughs> you know read off a chart you know scribble some stuff on a paper like you have to discredit the the thing to like be the thing. like worthy of it if you if you like if you're actually not like qualified for mm. it or you just have imposter syndrome and then you never feel like you're qualified for it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like <laughs> so like the dean really like on the outside isn't really qualified for the head of a you know community college the ma- major community co- a, ma- a major tri-state area community <laughs> co- uh, but <laughs> but like he's actually kind of decent at his job because he cares so much and like we kind of like I don't know, see some glimpses of that in this episode hmm. or like see a glimpse of like how deeply he cares about this, this college. And so, yeah, I just, I, and then, yeah, anytime you can give it to, uh, the Dean, Pelton, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> do need the dub. Exactly. <laughs> I got Abed. Cause I mean, I think Danny Pudi nails it. He makes you kind of forget that he's Abed for a while in this episode. Cause he's not the socially like unaware, you know, he's playing, student. he's playing the part. Yeah. He's playing the part really well. And yeah. we've talked about before how much he, he nails the Batman. He he goes all out to play Batman. Well, he, I, mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is like, I think that he is doing a good job of being Abed because Abed would play the part of the disgraced space captain so well. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Sorry. I, see, I, see. I don't know if that's any different from what you were already saying, but. No, I just, I mean, I think that like they've, they could have really just screwed Abed over in this episode because he's not part of the group in the, the KFC simulator, like he just he like gets left behind, and instead he kind of gets his own moment to like be the hero and like be the to be the cliche like you know it should have been me captain back home that's stranded trying to get his crew home like he gets to yeah. be that um, kind of like in um, I'm trying, I think there's another episode I'm thinking of like oh like well in the the chicken episode like he gets to be the Godfather like he gets to mm-hmm. be the mob boss mm-hmm. Abed gets to kind of be in charge and yeah you know he does it he's playing a role but he actually ends up like doing really well and actually helps him get home you know yeah so <laughs> yeah that's Abed's whole character is that he plays roles like my dinner with Abed like Danny Pudi is being himself but he's but Abed is being somebody who's normal but he's not mm-hmm. just playing them like just because he's like immature he's he plays them at the right moments like he right. gets to be the hardened astronaut captain here in this Make episode. him my sciatica yeah <laughs> or, or the, you know yeah or the, yeah the cop or whatever like he does it at the, the moments when he needs to do it yeah and actually yeah. That's, ends up being beneficial which that again that's kind of why i'm confused with the chloroform chloroform moment why couldn't he have played somebody who had been chloroformed better you know what i mean mm-hmm. i guess and yeah. that's just something small it's not it's not relevant but yeah i, I see what you're saying and that's he, he deserves to be the lean class yeah i didn't mean to catch you off is there anything else you want to say no okay um i kind of went back and forth I thought this is one of those episodes where like everybody plays. I mean, like the Dean and Abed are both good like characters. And so I would probably give it to one of them. Um, but like this, it's not, this isn't a bottle episode in the traditional sense that it takes place in only one space, but space, <laughs> green, space. six yeah. of the green, but six of the green <laughs> space, simulated space. Yeah. Simulated space. <laughs> but six of the seven Greendale seven, spend most of the episode almost all the episode in the the bucket or the you know the space simulator and so i feel like everybody who's in that they make it so well because there's not there's not a lot to interact with like you have colonel you have sanders on the screen 
you have um, the station, but like that's really it. And so a lot of it is the conflict that like who who ratted them out to the dean. Um, Annie is gonna is gonna um, transfer. Pierce is claustrophobic. So like, I honestly I give props to the cast of the episode because like, it's hard to not have like opportunities to progress the story by progressing to new places. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a cheat, but I feel like I'm gonna give the leading the class to the Greendale six of the Greendale six of the Greendale seven. Um, but I I feel like I found a lot of cool things in this episode in terms of extra credit. The first, did you guys notice this that the, the city college um, space simulator was called the college city college community pioneer cosmic pioneer, which is CCCP, and it was put on the side of the shuttle. Did you notice that? No. So that is um, a reference to like the Soviet space race. Oh, so cool! Like if you ever look up like you know Russian cosmonauts, they have CCCP, which is like the central community central committee of the Communist Party. Like CCCP is like what the Soviets would have on their rockets, and then the US would have like United States and then the flag. So I thought that was really cool because I noticed that at first. I was like, huh, I've seen that before. And maybe I'm just imagining it, but I looked it up and it's like, yeah, it's that's like literally it adds another layer to the parody that City College is the Soviet Union. Yeah. And then <laughs> Well, does that mean that they got their fake shuttle from like the Soviet Union? No. Like it was a okay. No, I don't I mean I don't, it might be. I think I think the point is that it's called <laughs> the City College Cosmic yeah, okay, gotcha. Pioneer. That's like the acronym. Because like it, that could have been just like an unintentional choice, but I feel like it's a little too deliberate for this method. And then even the dean like shows the projector screen and City College is red and he like it like takes over Greendale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I thought that, that was really cool. And like the history <laughs> the, <laughs> the history geek in me is like, oh nobody cares about this. So um I also thought it was ironic that um, the Green 07 walk out in slow motion and Abed is like only 20 more meters. And then Pierce is like, you guys are walking in slow motion. And uh, I think it's funny because they're parodying that scene in like space movies. But at this point, making fun of the slow motion is also a parody. Like it's a cliche of a cliche. Yeah. Right. So like Monsters Inc. did the slow walk, but then they made fun of it in the closing credits for monsters inc whenever pixar movies used to have blooper reels in the credits remember that Mm -hmm. yeah um and then we must be heroes which is like the sequel to shark boy long lava girl did the same thing and then um there's a third example that i had um i can't think of right now but anyway so yeah i just thought it's funny that like that's the parody but now people parody the parody too um then this isn't really like extra credit or like a trivia thing, but so the name of the robot is Systematic Android Network Diode Energy Rocket System or Sanders. I've always wondered, like with military acronyms or with like government bills, like who sits down and makes acronyms? Like obviously the <laughs> show writers were like, all right, we have seven letters, so now we got to make something that fits it, and it just kind of happens to work. But like the cares act or the star act or the hero act. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just not as smart as I think I am and I can't do that, but I've always thought it's kind of cool how people could like make, make acronyms that actually kind of make sense. My favorite is the Patriot act, the Patriot act. And like that actually- one, I just, they stretched <laughs> on that one. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought, I didn't know that was an acronym. Yeah. It's an acronym. I'm pretty <laughs> sure, I don't know what it stands for, but I'm pretty sure it's an acronym for something. <laughs> Look that up and confirm. It's uh. Uh, do, 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 do. Providing appropriate tools required to intercept an up, 
abstract terrorism. <laughs> Let's go, <laughs> Mr. Red, White, and Blue. <laughs> Brought to you, courtesy. Like respect George Bush for that one. Yeah, I know, but, <laughs> but, but you know, he yeah, didn't like, make it though. It was, it was some like intern from you know like Pennsylvania yeah. who just made it. And George was like, "My God, you're a genius." Yeah, and then she coming. So I just thought that's kind of fun. Um, whenever Pierce falls and he like crashes into the back closet, he makes like that off-brand Wilhelm scream. It's like the oh, and I'm pretty sure like you hear that in Star Wars. I know I've heard it before a yeah. lot. I'm like, why couldn't you just done the actual Wilhelm scream? Like, is that is that a, a ripoff of like some movie where there's just like that scream over and over again? Like, I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, one of my favorite like small bloopers is Gillian Jacobs in the whole like Mighty Morphin time where they're like flavor chicken yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jeff is like chicken. Yeah. And then like Britta like smirks in the backgrounds. Like I think Gillian Jacobs broke character because she thought it was funny, but like you can still see her in the back and then they don't break the shot. They just like split into different like screens. Mm -hmm. So I always think it's fun. Like huh, that was the first, that was the first blooper that I ever caught that nobody had to tell me to see. I, I saw it on my own, <laughs> which probably, you know, doesn't matter at all. Um, and then my last one, my last little extra credit. Um, so whenever Ethan and I were really young, like our parents didn't have a lot of money. So we like, could, we didn't ever go to like Disney world or like we didn't, I only went to Chuck E. Cheese if my friends invited me, like I went as their guest. So I feel like the KFC shuttle, like the bus, like that would be something that Ethan and I would have done as kids. Like we would have gone like to the state fair for one day <laughs> and like we would have walked around for eight hours yeah. and like never bought a bottle of water. All for, they were, two, like, all for two, two chicken tenders. <laughs> two, two chicken, right. And a shot of gravy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, and I feel like we would have done it at like six. And then for years I would have like, reminisced about it and then at the age of like 15 i would have googled it and then like watched somebody like do a video walkthrough of it on youtube and be like oh this actually really blows like yeah. why was like like this is not at all what i remember it i feel like it's just like something that kids if this was real like that was what they'd experience. It'd be on defunct land it'd be on defunct land yeah exactly like <laughs> back in the back in 2007 to 2009 kfc sponsored the kfc herbs and space express also shout out to defunct land if you listen to this podcast i'm a big fan i want to i don't know where to point this out at but i feel like this is a good topic since we're talking about kfc I do want to like shout out. I love when um, shows will product integrate, product integrate, but make a joke about the product integration, mm -hmm. like, like Subway, Subway, yeah, Hyundai. Community does it a lot, and Honda. Or you know, Chang has a line in here about. Uh, the, I try to give everybody outside some of these yummy KFC crispy chicken sandwiches. They thought I was just trying to do product <laughs> integration. It's wine bread though. It's so okay. wine bread though. You know. Yeah. Or like, uh, <laughs> I mean, like I feel like Thirty Rock does that quite a bit. Like they will yeah. like. I mean, the whole show is like they are owned by GE and they, which I think they make a joke of like, they're not actually probably sponsored by GE, but they just talk about them as if they are mm -hmm. or, um, arrested development. I think there's like Carl Weathers, like always has to go to Burger King or something. In parks and rec in like the, the 2017, like a Johnny karate episode, they're like the Exxon Taco Bell T-Mobile merger. Right. And it's like, we're fueling <laughs> all areas of your life. And maybe I'm just the, you know, the capitalist drone that I was raised to be and all the marketing employees are successful. But as a kid, I actually really liked whenever TV shows had product integrations. Like, wow, Captain America is sitting next to a, a Taco Bell site and I go eat a Taco Bell, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> He's just like me. He's just like me. <laughs> Which means that it, that it worked exactly like it was supposed to. It was supposed to get you to go to Subway. Yeah. But <laughs> dang it, it was so much fun as a kid to just see like, wow, this, this TV show is popular enough to have Taco Bell in it. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and I hate it. You guys have any uh, marked in red or final thoughts on the episode? Do I? 
I thought it was just a solid, fun adventure. You know, this episode <laughs> fun for the whole family. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I, this is one of those like kind of vault episode episodes of Community. Um, I feel like in terms of like the fandom, um, I'm not sure quite for myself, but like I, I you know, um, Ethan and I talk about this on the podcast a lot. Like those, like you know, community complicate, compl- com- complications, <laughs> Paul Bartmar cop, uh, complic, com- ah, compilations. Thank you. Those videos. Yeah. Those videos. <laughs> I'm like the best line from every community episode. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like the, yeah, it's, it's a sticker. Like, or yeah, like, it's a sticker. It like different lines from this will come Get up. Off my mind. A lot. So yeah, it's just a solid fun adventure. Um, good parody. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good soup. Um, the only lot, the only note that I have in here, maybe because it was I was too tired to write any more notes, was that it's an awesome quasi bottle episode. Um, so, <laughs> like I said, not an actual bottle episode because it takes place in a couple different scenes. Like you know, the, the dean and Abed are separate. Um, I feel like whenever this episode, like whenever I'm on a watch through, and this episode comes up, like I'm excited to watch it. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't just sit through it. Like I actually enjoy it. So, um, I, I think. I, I pointed this out. If if Pierce had attacked Sanders from the outset, like they wouldn't have actually had to work together because he just rips the TV out of the wall after. Because like there's actually several different conflicts going on at once. Because first they had to figure out where they are. So to do that, they have to launch. Like they had to complete the game or to complete the the, the mission. Like that doesn't free them from the bus. They're still stuck in it. They have to still get back to Greendale. So like if Pierce would have attacked Sanders at the beginning, like they would have avoided, like you probably wouldn't have learned that Annie was going to transfer, transfer. You wouldn't have Which, learned that Jeff was the one that sold him out to the Dean. Mm-hmm. Can, we, we, can we talk about that real quick? Just do we ever really understand why Annie wants to transfer? To the yeah, because, because she's mad that they thought the butt flag was so funny. Oh, that's right. That's and, right. Yeah. 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 Okay, sorry. Um, Continue. My bad. No, that's fine. I, I, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a, a weak reason yeah, for her to. I that. If she was like, you know, Greendale doesn't really offer the the degree that I want, and I want to be in forensics, and I want to, you know, and City College offers that to me, and I feel like that would be a fun play on what Jeff did a couple like in season one, where he's like, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to get a degree. Like, what if Annie was on the on the flip side of like, I'm not here to get a degree. I am here to make friends because like you guys are the first people who have, you know, I, my whole life I've achieved, but I've never been accepted. Mm-hmm. And now maybe it's okay for me to not achieve as much and be accepted. Cause like for me as a college student, like that was, that was the journey that I had to go on where it's like, okay, like I didn't graduate with the 4.0 and in high school that would have like wrecked me emotionally. But now I'm like, but like I made so many connections professionally. I made so many, so many connections as like friends. Like I'm okay with not like having all A's in my class because I had good experiences to back it up. Yeah. And like, I still did well enough to my, to our audience. I didn't flunk out of college. Um, but I do feel like that would have added another layer to Annie's character of like, she's, you know, perfect Annie. And so maybe the, the other option for her transfers that like, Oh, this is my one shot to make it and like justify all of the, you know, the overexertion in high school and to get over like my narco stuff is to go to city college. But then she's like, no, like my friends, like, this is what I need more. And so she like comes mm-hmm. to that. She does like an inverse of what Jeff did. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Like that seems like such a weak reason for them to explain why she wants to transfer. Like she's essentially 
she's mad that they were immature about the flag and like she was kind of like embarrassed by yeah. it, right? That's the reasoning. Right. So like, why is that the thing that's sending her over the edge? Because Greendale has literally shown, we've already seen one season of them just doing ridiculous things like having court in a swimming pool, having a paintball war on campus, having a dance called the trainee dance and like well, nobody bats an eye. But, but I, don't think, I don't think she's mad at Greendale. I think she's mad at her friends for bashing Greendale. She's mad at... Oh, yeah. She's like, she doesn't want her friends to disrespect her school enough to think that the butt flag is funny, which I get that. I'm like, and <laughs> Ethan and I have this conversation quite a bit about like the whole, like everybody thinks that everything's a joke and like somebody to take too far. And like, there's a boat that exists named Bodie McBoatface because Ugh. they let people choose the name of the boat. Like, <laughs> don't get me I, started. I think that that's funny. <laughs> like, I do think that the whole like Blinky McBlankyson or Blinkerson or Stabby McStab head or something like that. Like, I don't know. I'm immature like that, but I, it does frustrate me whenever people think that everything's a joke and that they can't take anything seriously. And so like if my friends would have put in the joke flag and it would have won, I would have been mad too. So I do get that from Annie, but I feel like as the reason for her to transfer from school, like that seems more of just a cop out of like, no. oh, we have to have some reason for her to want to leave. So that might as well be it. Mm-hmm. Like correlation shouldn't have to equal causation. Yeah, no, I'm with, I, I agree. Like, yeah. I, I, I think that's a valid reason for her to be upset. I just, yeah, I agree. I think it seems like a cop out answer for her as to why she wants to transfer. Right. Like, that seems like such a, a my, I don't want to say minor thing. It's not minor, but I think it's, it's, but why con- is she transferring from Greendale where she's already found this family? It's too convenient. Yeah. For, yeah. for this episode. Yeah. And they I, did the transfer thing last year with the whole Vaughn thing where it's like, oh, because of Vaughn, I'm going to transfer. Yeah. Like, at and least that like, one, like, even grow if it's, is spineless. Even if it's like a little <laughs> bit immature for like her to chase a boy, you know, to a different school, like that one made more sense. Well, it's sense. also mature for her to get mad at her friends and then want to leave college for it. Yeah. But like, you can kind of understand why she would at least go, okay, yeah, her boyfriend is moving. She wants to support him. She really likes him. So that makes sense. She's Which still we going- can go into a whole tangent about college relationships and moving somewhere for somebody because mm-hmm. those never work. <laughs> but I will say in college, I was really glad whenever I, a girl would tell me that she had a boyfriend from like another school. I was like, well, that relationship's ending in three months. So maybe I've got a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it never did. But <laughs> I digress. I think this is a fun episode. I mean, I, again, I, I don't want to nitpick on it too much. I like this episode a lot. It's It's not the best of like the parody episodes. You know, it's not up mm-hmm. there with like a paintball or the chicken tender one. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it, can I can I interject? I don't know. Like, I never really consider this to be a parody episode, though. Like, I think of I think of Floors Lava, um, Paintball, Paintball Two, Paintball Three. Like, those are parody episodes. But I, I guess I never really saw this as like this is a parody of Apollo Thirteen or a parody. Of, you know what I mean? I think it's just it's a parody of space movies in in general because I I think that's a kind of a genre, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I, I see it as a parody. I mean, it's. Again, I don't think it's one of the strongest ones, but I think it's a good episode. I think it's fun. That's fair. I think it's entertaining in that we get to see the entire group, basically minus Abed. I mean, Abed's still involved in it. He's just on the radio, you know, involved in this. But I think, especially after some of the prior episodes before this in the season that were kind of like clunky, we didn't really love the plots. Just this episode is simple. Mm -hmm. There's really not like, there are some conflicts, but there's not like a, there's not like five different plots going on and they all are separate. The, the main plot is they have to get back to Greendale in time for the opening so that they can beat City College in terms of getting the simulator, you mm-hmm. know? And so, like, it, it just seems a lot, it's a lot more simpler, which to me makes it more entertaining because I'm not, okay, oh, gosh, why is Britta and Shirley bickering about or whatever? Like, yeah, a lot of the episodes recently have been three different plots and, like, maybe two of the Greendale seven are in each yeah. of those plots. And I think that's, some, that's something that we missed with 
the lawyer episode. Um, was that was that this episode or was that last episode? Well, that was last episode. That's last episode. Um, because we mentioned that Jeff wanted the group to leave because he didn't care. Like he made a he made a reference like in the business we call this like a toxic relationship or something like that. And like I feel like multiple times in this series, Jeff himself has pointed out like we need each other. We're a community. Like, and he talks about that in season four. Like, whenever any one of us is messing up, the other six have to forgive them because they're gonna mess up too. It's like this is a good example of like the Greendale Seven coming together and like being in the same conflict. And that's where the show really excels, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good episode. I mean, I just it's entertaining. It's not super complex. It's just like Sometimes I like I'm okay with having those multiple plots if it does you know if there's some resolution to it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just want like the easy watching, like it's just kind of like junk food. Like it's really not probably beneficial. It's not really imp- this episode we could do without it in terms of like it doesn't move the plot forward. How but it's just you, it's easy to watch. It's fun to watch. Like you can just digest it and, and enjoy it for yeah. what it is. Um, so you know I I'd give it like a eight and a half out of ten. Probably closer to a nine than it. Uh, <laughs> also like a plus on the music. Oh uh, yeah. On the parody. Like, shout out to point. the music, the soundtrack people. Like it really kind of makes you feel a little emotional. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, yeah. you know, it's just a like a, a RV that they're driving back. Like, man, they, not RV really, starring Robin Williams. It's a different thing entirely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes it kind of drives the point home though, and really does a lot to just make it more feel like a special episode, you know? Yeah. Like a movie yeah. episode. I do want to nitpick one last thing. Um the city college's dean acting is really cringy to me. Especially in that last scene where you haven't seen. Oh, never mind. That, no, it's that he go, when he goes up to Annie, he's like, "I guess you're not city college material after all." And then Annie's like, "Thanks." And I, I think it's supposed to kind of be like a knock on just, I don't know, cheesy endings. To yeah. Movies, like after you know, there's a reunion scene, but <laughs> his acting is so bad in that scene. I feel like did any did you guys like hmm. do you know I, what I'm talking about or like I, I didn't quite. Pick I guess up on you're that. not city college material. I just never liked. I guess I've never really liked the city college dean in general. And again, it's kind of like what I said in the last episode. Like, sir, we're not booing you because of your effective heel work. We're, we're booing you because you're simply awful. Like, whenever the city college dean is on screen, whenever the dean is on the screen, you've never seen the dean is on the screen. Um, I just want him to get off the screen. Like the the paintball episode. Like, I'm not happy that Greendale wins because like they're the better college. I'm just happy that. The city college. I don't care if you win. I just need Kylo Ren to lose. Yeah, <laughs> like that's kind of how I feel. Um, so I guess I guess I do kind of notice that. Um, he's pretty yeah. invisible to me. I he's just, think yeah. he's meaningless, really, except that there to add some conflict for Greendale. I I do like that Greendale is like consistently brought as the runner up to City College. Like that's kind of the whole joke. It's the Pawnee and Eagleton because mm-hmm. I feel like there are. Well, I don't know. Are there any times where City College actually goes over because they lose the debate? They lose the space race. They l- technically lose paintball. Um, and then they don't really show up. So, I, yeah, I don't really think of City College ever. But we do kind of get, which this is one of my like biggest nitpicks with the whole series, is I think it's the end of the paintball episode where City College tries to invade. And like the very last scene, you see like the Dean from City College and he has like this blueprint. No, like, it's, this that, giant- it's the one that after... Chang decides not to partner with City College. Okay, gotcha. but I know what you're talking about. There's like a he like you see him with like this blueprint for like this giant spider mechanical robot yeah. monster thing. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. And then they never talk about that again. Like it almost makes you think, okay, okay there's maybe going to be some kind of weird plot where City College unveils a big whatever. 
And they never mentioned that again. I really expected that to be a thing when I watched <laughs> this originally. Yeah. And so like, that's the only time where I could think like, okay, we don't really get a resolution to that, but city college kind of gets the win on that note, mm-hmm. like the last laugh, but they don't really. It's yeah. Just weird. I, I do. I do. I know which, I know what episode you're talking about. And I feel like that has to have been like a season four into season five, like, Ryan Johnson and then JJ Abrams and yeah, <laughs> screw whatever he did. I'm not doing somebody that. else came in and like, yeah, we don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, it's a gas yeah. leak year. So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you already get your rating out of them? Yeah. I mean, pretty much yeah. go for it. No, like, like I already kind of said my oh, piece. Okay. Um, I'd have to give this episode a, uh, re- a, uh, KFC. You've sweet- already done the chicken. I've already done the chicken one. I'm going to say a KFC sweet lightning mountain dew out of Baja blast. Because Baja Blast is my favorite. No, what am I talking about? No, this is an awesome episode. I'm not going to give it that. I'm going to give it a, <laughs> uh, a KFC uh, Louisville Hot out of out of a KFC five dollar fill up because Louisville Hot's really good, but you can't have too much of it. And I feel like they did just enough of the of the parody and conflict in City College. So I'm going to stick with that. So you know, I've already done the Raising Cane's bit. I'm going to go with another chicken based chicken based rating because I'm a chicken guy. We love Jonathan, our chicken. Jonathan brought me churches before this episode. So another product integration. I mean, KFC sounds good right now. I'll after talking yeah. about it. Some of the sweet Hawaiian chicken. Haven't had that. Haven't had that? No. Well, folks, uh, use the promo code YWA, YAA. Gosh, why am I with W's? Use the promo code YAA to get 15% off your next KFC order. But don't uh, hold us legally responsible if it doesn't work. So <laughs> I'm the window <laughs> with the, the light still on. on. <laughs> Bow. Yeah. Bow. 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 Bow.